0: Providing patient care while meeting the constant requirements of non-clinical duties has become overwhelming. Over 40% of physicians report signs of burnout and 30% also spend 20 hours or more each week on administrative tasks. Because of this unsustainable environment our physician leaders are experiencing, I asked Naraj Swami to share his expertise and passion for helping physicians and their practice teams navigate, learn, and adapt to clinical, administrative, and personal risks. Naraj is the CEO of AdaptTrack, an AI-powered nudge platform for medical practices to reduce risk and increase productivity. I look forward to having you a part of this conversation with Naraj, and for us to find ways to support him and his team during these critical moments of healthcare delivery and beyond. Hey, Naraj, welcome to our podcast, my friend. Thanks, Mike. I'm excited for this conversation. Well, since our first conversation after an introduction from a mutual friend, thank you, Jess Liebeck, I knew I had to have you on our podcast. What you and your team are working on at AdaptTrack is so important, needed, and inspiring. Before we dive into your team's AI-powered, practice-savvy, digital sidekick that helps physicians and their practice teams navigate, learn, and adapt to clinical administrative and personal risks, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to visit passionatepioneers.com in order to share your ideas and feedback. Simply scroll to the comments section at the bottom of each posted episode. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. So you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Niraj, it's almost time to learn how you are nudging care teams to work and live better. First, I'm going to randomly select an icebreaker question so our community can get to know you. Let's see what comes up. Oh, one of my favorite topics. We're talking food. What's your favorite meal, my friend? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a foodie, so
1: this changes every time I get hooked onto something that I just can't get off of. Sushi is usually on top of that list, but In the interest of what we're talking about and where it all started, right now, there's an internal joke we talk about, chicken parmesan. It's a sandwich that's served in this little tiny hole in the wall place in Fort Lauderdale. It's not like your typical, you know, cheese marinara sauce and fried chicken or, you know, it's just one of those things that you just take a bite and you're in heaven with a nice cold beer. And that's how you get your
0: afternoon right. So quick time out! I have never pieced together chicken Parmesan and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Coach me up there. Exactly. That's probably what it is, a surprise factor. I can't even, you know, I don't even remember the name of the place because we used to just
1: walk there when we could. And it's one of those pieces where, you know, you go there and the setting is really intimate. It's probably a seven by seven space. It's so tight in there. You probably have three tables. And they've got a simple menu, but then they've got this one thing written in bold called chicken parm. And they also serve that in a sandwich. I never thought that. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, right? Like we have chicken parm here. But to go there and have this, some sort of like a mom and pop kind of feel and have a sandwich that just, it's a break, but you love it because it's delicious. Just, I think the team loves it. And I think that's where it gets from. Like I think food and people together makes it special. And that we were able to enjoy that. It makes a chicken parm more than a chicken parm.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know. So when we can get back on these things that apparently they call them airplanes, these things where you can fly around right in the country, <laughs> right here we are in the middle of the pandemic. And all joking aside, I am just dying to get out there and travel again. So when I am back in Fort Lauderdale, I might be uh, tapping you back on the shoulder to ask, where the heck is that place? Because I'm a huge chicken parm fan ice cold beer next to the water. That sounds incredible. So thank you for sharing that. That is now etched on the list of where to go while on the road. So thank you for that, Niraj. Well, let's start diving in. We want to go back though, before we start talking about track because what I love and why I'm so excited about having your story shared with our community is you're an outsider. You're not a traditional healthcare executive. You're not a quote unquote, lifer that's been in this industry for years and years and years. And I got to say, I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a moment. This is needed now more than ever. We need fresh minds, new ideas, and new entrance into the healthcare industry with leaders just like you. So before we dive into AdaptTrack, can you go back a bit, share us a bit how the company started forming up, but share a little bit of your personal story of how you got to where you are current state in running and building AdaptTrack.
1: I really appreciate that, Mike. I think, you know, the story starts from this idea that there's so much data out there. And I've been a technologist for my life, love to build things up in doing AI before it was called AI in a way where I was, you know, trying to find ways to make information a little bit easier to condense and to learn and imbibe and adapt from. And that's kind of been the theme of my journey. I've done that in human capital. Conservation is a place where I take quite a bit. Healthcare kind of came in because of a couple of things. It's personal. I am an outsider and I've been joked around in our family. I'm the black sheep of the family. I have, my parents are doctors. We had our own hospital. Grandmother was a doctor. My sister is a practicing endocrinologist. And I realized early on that, you know, these folks have a really unique persona and the way they work, the patterns that they see on a day-to-day basis, on top of the risks that they carry, it's kind of something you always knew. And as I saw them, you know, as I saw myself grow up and felt the things I felt, I saw the things that they were balancing and going about. And now, you know, this kind of became even more relevant with the times we're in. But, you know, the genesis of adapt track was actually from this thought I had or an idea I had a few years ago. I was watching this commercial and I was like, all right, man, this commercial is about this football players and are pretty fitting. It was, it was right before Super Bowl. And there's this really cool commercial showing how, football player makes it through this huge journey and an injury and becomes really, really solid. And I was like, well, you know, they have data about who's watching and they have data about who's really consuming this information and they're able to craft these stories for people that are watching, but what should I know about the data that I'm generating? And so it really started this theme called habit economics and thinking about, you know, from my B-School experience and, and journey at, at Chicago Booth, just picking up themes around the nudge theory and behavioral economics, I started asking this question, you know, what if we knew what our habits were worth? And that's really where there's this thinking that comes around, all right, I love the data I'm generating to help other entities do some magical stuff and sometimes some dangerous stuff, but I'd love to know what my habits are telling me about me. And I looked left, I looked right, tried to experiment with a couple of other areas and started to think about this platform that would make sense of your habits. It wasn't so much so that you could, you know, drink more water or be more healthier, but really it's this feedback loop that exposed my habitual blind spots or things that I know I know, but I just, they're not in my cognitive presence of mind, right? Like they're not in front of me. And that seemed to like start drawing me into couple of personas, right? Like I'm a technologist. So I loved that, you know, there's all this technology in front of me. I feel the pain of information overload. I feel the pain of attention overload. Every new cool thing is a new cool thing. And then I started talking to my family and friends and then I came across our co-founders at adapt Dr. Cohen and Sam Taggart. You know, these guys have been in the healthcare industry for a long time. And I was like, yeah, look at Brian here's, you know, he's an anesthesiologist and the way he spends his day, I'll message him at 10:30 at night, and he responds back with this article that he's read. Like, dude, when do you unplug? And you don't, and you realize that, gosh, there's an opportunity to really think about the the person behind the white coat, and start thinking about blind spots that our practice has from an administrative, clinical, and personal standpoint. But also just rethink risk. So start looking at habits in the practice setting. Habits that don't just pertain to physicians, but to the entire team. Because you know, it's it's as you know, my friend, healthcare is a team sport, which means there's team behaviors, there's practice behaviors, there's individual dynamics, emotions. Care delivery is important. What about caring for the care delivery? That's also important, and that's where we kind of started forming what is now Adaptrack. It's basically you know a public benefit corporation. We are very mission focused on helping. These heroes, and I know it's a cliche right now, and it's a term almost more used than it should. But I love it because I think it's a full team spectrum of the healthcare task force that's out there. We need to really focus on their ops, their day to day. Look at the person behind that facade or their that persona, and try to help them be less risky in little ways. And traditionally, this problem has been solved in a different way, and we decided to look at it from a very different lens.
0: Well, thank you for that journey. Niraj, wow, that is very exciting. My head exploded a bit because this is, uh, you know, as I like to say, and I know you won't take offense to this because I hope to aspire to be in this group one day, but nerd alert, like, holy cow, like that is awesome stuff. It's amazing. The level that you're thinking about, you know, behavioral economics, applying it to healthcare. Fascinating. But let me take a pause though, before we start really diving into adapt track, you were mentioning, you were talking to your now co-founder. He's messaging you about a white paper at 10 at night after probably seeing an entire load of patients that entire day. What was when you started going out into the marketplace and you started doing persona interviews? Cause you know, as well as I do, we work with and advise a lot of startups across the country. You got to get that feedback. You can't just build something and then go find, you know, an opportunity for somebody to use it. You need to go and solve for that problem first. What were you asking? What were some of those interviews that you were, you know, engaged in with, which would end up to being the end user of this technology? What were some of those questions? What was some of that feedback as you started forming up this technology in this company?
1: That's a great question. And I think that's where we've spent a lot of time and it was deliberate. We've done this, you know, I've built products before. And through this journey, we decided to focus heavily on this persona's attention span. So if you look at the, the, the practice, there's different players, different stakeholders involved. We decided to pick the physician first. This is an entity that carries a lot of risk from a liability standpoint, but also is an operational driver's seat, so much so that they're delivering care. So we really wanted to understand their attention graph of some sort, like just understanding where exactly are they in, what is their relationship to technology? If we were going to build something that was a technology solution, how would it fit into their lives without making them feel like here's one more thing? Because, you know, that's, that's going on in healthcare right now is, Lots of tech, lots of cool things, but it comes at the cost of attention. And I think that is something that we've got to be very mindful of. So we really asked ourselves some deep questions. First and foremost, we decided we're not the experts on product. We're the experts on building something when we identify what the product is. We wanted to go really close to the persona. So we ended up bringing on a chief medical officer on the team so that we had the persona in the team to help us pick apart simple use cases like notifications, for instance. We're not going to nag a physician because they're already getting nagged with a billion things. And if they wanted to really go look at something, they're probably going to Facebook. They're probably just kind of calling up family and catching up on other things, yeah, playing a game. You know, we don't want to interrupt that context. And it's very important to be mindful of that attention span for the physician. The second metric that was pretty important was, and this is a no compromise metric for us, Everybody that saw it, every physician persona that saw early renditions or our story had one of two words to say I love it because, and I don't know if I'd use it because. If we had these two metrics, we could really understand what about the story was working for them and what about the story was friction. So we did that quite a bit with great results, and it's gotten us to where we are and set us up with a values system in the company, in the product, in how we build features and how we sell very closely to what I believe the physician could use.
0: Excellent. Well, let's talk about where you are. You know, what I love is to ask CEOs and founders of their startup, give us that elevator pitch. Short and sweet. What is a DabTrack?
1: DabTrack is basically your behavioral, your nudge platform assistant. It helps you identify from your practice data, you can give as little as NPIs, or all the way deep into RPA and EHR data, to give you insights into blind spots around practice risks so that you can actually learn from, adapt from them, and make some rewards in the way. We give you CMEs, we also give you malpractice insurance discounts, which is an exciting development for us. And then we also give you a channel into inspirational messages so that all those flavors of risk as they're broken down and fragmented into the adapt track thinking bucket, you get simple rewards in 30 seconds or less.
0: Well done on the elevator pitch, my friend. This is not your first time delivering that, I can tell, obviously. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, Naraj. Let's also talk about something that's so prevalent right now, right? Well, here we are, the midst of a pandemic. We already knew that burnout was at an all-time high, in the industry and now it's even further exacerbated as we all know that covid-19 has laid bare so many problems systemic deep rooted issues with our industry at large but of course one of them being burnout this is a huge topic you know we're seeing provider leaders out there dying by suicide mental health is just through the roof right now burnout is obviously even further exacerbated again cuz of covid-19 can you share a bit in regards to your platform helping solve around burnout?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the three pillars for us and we've taken a little bit more of a team-based approach to that. I think we work with signals and we really look to detect signals of risk from streaming data that comes in from all things healthcare and your practice. And burnout is one of those things where we can start identifying certain behaviors as they're happening and flag it for people that can do something about it. For instance, schedule overload when do you actually write your notes in our you know research and product development we ended up analyzing tons of case studies around burnout and the patterns sitting behind that and we really wanted to take an approach where it was a team-based effort can you shuffle um, you can't really reduce some of the workload just because of the nature of the industry and the times we're in but there might be enough solution that the practice can really take by switching around some behaviors or looking at some specific behavior and addressing it because it's pinging you high on the risk. And that's what we've really done is we've looked at various factors of burnout. One other piece that kind of became an early viral thing for us, so the early testers kind of spread it and we then had to say, hey, we don't have the capacity for this right now, but we love it and we're going to make it a feature was this idea of random words of inspiration. So we have this little Easter egg in the app, in the platform that allows families, patients, leaders, brands, to send out, record like 30 seconds or less inspirational messages, and we screen them for all things good, and then randomly spark them during the day. And because we have signals and we're collecting signals as as we can from the day-to-day risk and burnout and stress, We can then pop them as simple messages of joy without really, you know, drawing the physician into a notification frenzy, just leaving it there so that when they do that 30 second adapt track thing, whenever they do that during the week, they're getting CME. They're going to get a little smile and we're going to collect that as a piece of, Hey, there is research. This will change how they feel about things. And sometimes that's all that's needed. The support's been tremendous and you know, this behavioral loop around understanding what's going on, giving microfeedback with a reward is kind of how we're looking at earn It also allows us to position really well with partner technologies and other folks that are building things specifically for, you know, whether it's automation or specific task management entities, just really puts us right there where that component that becomes the intelligence engine around that.
0: That so is so it's, cool. It's fun. That is really, really cool. Well played, my friend. I love it. Absolutely love it. Let me ask also, you know, we're going to ask in a moment where we can find you and the team online to learn more and all of that good stuff. But as we think through, as you know, we have a lot of incredible leaders, both on the health system side and the payer side of our industry. Who should be keeping track of this? Who should be contemplating using this technology? Yes, at the end of the day, it's getting into the hands of the care team, you know, physicians and the rest of the care team, but who also within the healthcare industry should be mindful of this? Who should be contemplating adopting this platform?
1: Thanks, Mike. I think, you know, we really appreciate where we've come here with, with the conversations we've had with the care teams, but we've, you know, we really said AdaptRack is designed for the physicians and the care team. It's built for the practice and the leaders in the practice, but it's also sold to the insurer and the folks that are Caring that final underwriting risk. So I really welcome opportunities to really work closely with self-insured systems, folks that are insured by third parties, work with their insurers, you know, malpractice is a big bucket where we're seeing a great value because it's really allowing us to take what users do in adapt track as little as they do and converting it into real time savings. It actually hits the bottom line. We're reducing your spend on physician engagement. We're reducing your spend on CME your malpractice premiums. And that only happens because we've made sure we designed it for the physicians. We'd love physician feedback. We'd love to talk to physicians and then really get the practice behind it so that they can empower those teams and the insurers. And we're engaged with a a handful of those. And we believe this is going to become more of that platform for that space to really talk to those folks that are consuming and assuming all that risk around practice and really help us break this down for specialties or for specific contexts, right? Like what happens when there's a volume surge? What happens when there's, you know, change management? What happens when you're running simulations? What about those risky events in your practice? Vaccine trials. So we're really working closely with these teams to help us drive that. I'd love to kind of continue to do that for the team. It flexes what the platform's built for, but it also allows us to serve this position, practice, and insurer triangle.
0: Excellent context for our community to consider and contemplate, you know, how do they bring this in? Who should be thinking about, like you said, who should be buying this? Who is it sold to? So thank you for that perspective, Naraj. Let's now talk a bit about future state, right? You guys have been at it now for a bit, but what's going to be happening in the future for AdaptTrack As you also know. The industry is changing rapidly because of COVID-19 and the industry was already in massive amounts of change and seeing a reimagining with, like you said earlier, the technology and innovation. And now, of course, a lot of things being accelerated because of this pandemic. What are you and your team working on, future state? Where do you see this going? Where do you see AdaptTrack's work heading into the future, even six, nine, 12, 18 months?
1: It's it's a really interesting time. And I think we've had to turn on The learning capacitor in our brains for the last few months. So for us really moving forward, we see a couple of signals in the business and in our space. One is the fact that there's less travel, the fact that there's increased or elevated risk, perceived risk, as well as a real risk because of volume. You know, the CME component, continuing medical education component of AdaptTrack in the way it delivers is a pretty interesting hook for us. Users love that piece, especially early stage physicians and folks that are in in surge kind of situations. So that's something that we're helping organizations save on that particular bucket, CME and physician engagement. The second thing that I'm very interested, excited, and find it really promising is the feedback we received from the malpractice insurance community and the network that carries risk. We've actually been able to identify a real-time premium discount from behaviors captured to track in a way that isn't taking away you know, hours of Position and the practice team's time, right? It's 30 seconds a day, you get CME, 30 seconds a day, you're also fighting risk. So we're really excited about, you know, breaking that risk down into smaller chunks of what types of risk for not personal admin, but let's go beyond that clinical, what types of, you know, situational risks are there, work with specialties. That's what's really exciting for us is to put money back into the practice, real cash that's going out of their spend back into the practice. Because that's what this thing is about, man. This pandemic is really about cash flow. And, and as much as we can put the money back into the practice and empower them to do the things that we need as a race, as humanity, the better it is. That's the value prop at the end of all of this, you know, cool tech and nerdery.
0: Excellent for sharing that feedback and perspective, Naraj, That's a fantastic and exciting roadmap for where you guys are heading as a team. So kudos to you and that vision that you guys have. And not only a vision, but you're executing against it. So well played, my friend. Let's go ahead and flip this script a bit. Let's get our community involved. You've given us a lot to contemplate on the podcast today. But as I mentioned to you, we have some of the best leaders in the industry tuning in and working alongside our incredible guests, just like yourself. So what is one problem, need, or question that you and the team currently have that our community can be helping or contemplating with?
1: I think it is just helping us think about risk and help us work with you so we can help quantify that risk that translates to savings. The biggest question I have is, have you looked at your liability? I mean, you know, blind spots around burnout, clinical admin risks are a million dollar liability, but how much of that has other side effects? What are your blind spots? I'd love to work with such thinkers, similar thinkers, partners, folks that are willing to look at risk and extract value from it.
0: Very concise and a very clear ask. So thank you for that and to our community. Head over to passionatepioneers.com. There will be an area that you can give some feedback to for Niraj and his team to consider. And then, of course, now we'll ask where we can find you online so our community can also get a hold of you directly. So where are some touch points, whether it be LinkedIn, social media handles, websites or otherwise, where can we find you, Niraj?
1: I'll be on LinkedIn and Twitter, Niraj Swami, and AdaptTrack is also on LinkedIn, Twitter. Our website is adaptrack.com, A-D-A-P-T-R-A-C-K.com. We're active on our blog. We have all the engagement channels through our website. But yeah, you know, standard social media. Search me by the name or our teammates from our website.
0: Excellent. We'll include all of those touch points in our episode notes as well. Just simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player and click on through. And they will also be over at passionatepioneers.com for this episode. So feel free to head over there. And click on through to get a hold of Naraj and his team. So we're about to wind it down here. Niraj, again, thank you so much for being here today. But I have one of my favorite parts of our conversation, and that's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because?
1: Healthcare hits home. We need to make sure we don't ignore the one big blind spot, the people behind the
0: white coats. Well said, my friend. So inspiring, and it's so true. We need to continue to work our tail ends off to really answer the call. As I say over and over again, we have put a man on the moon 50 plus years ago as a country. There is no reason why we can't reimagine the largest industry in our country when we work together from the biggest of the big to the smallest of the small. So thank you for everything that you're doing and what your team is dedicating themselves to. We appreciate you taking time to Come over here, share your story, share your vision and all the wonderful work you're bringing to healthcare. We're so fortunate and glad you're with us in the industry as we again, continue to work together to move the industry forward. So again, thank you so much, Niraj. We appreciate you being here today, my friend.
1: Thank you, Mike. Really enjoyed this.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli.